December 25th, 2018. It was our first Christmas in our new million dollar home. I checked all the boxes that promised me real freedom. I had a booming business, reaping fans, money, assets. And yeah, I was still sitting there on the couch pretending that I was watching that Christmas movie with my family while I was choking down the poison of anxiety. I still felt like that desperate kid who would take her clothes off for money. The kid who nearly overdosed to try to prove her worth to her friends. The kid that got pregnant at 19. I felt stuck. Like I was stuck in the sands of time. I did all the right things. All the things that promised me freedom. And it didn't add up. I realized a few things. I was still checking someone else's box. This was going to be an inside job. And... I would do whatever it took to never feel that way again. Consider this podcast the rebranded, revamped, cool-ass version of Alternative School. Alternative School for the unruly entrepreneur. This is for the innovators, the creators, the world changers, the service-minded, and those who want the details on how to create a business that really truly finally fucking sets you free. I'm your host, Andrea Crowder, and welcome to the Unruly Entrepreneur Podcast. Let's go to the show. Just want to add a little trigger warning about this episode. There is going to be mention of some childhood trauma, uh, specifically around being in a home with um, parental abuse. And so if that feels like a trigger for you, I want you to know that you're going to see an example of what rapid resolution therapy is like. You guys are actually going to get to witness Um, Dr. Connolly guide me through a rapid resolution therapy session. A lot of people have been asking me like, what's the experience like? So I wanted to share with you guys so you could see how fast healing can happen and, um, what might be happening when we're experiencing a lot of like panic or anxiety and how sometimes it doesn't have anything to do with what's actually happening in the present in our life. And so, um, it really starts to explain, you know, why sometimes we feel these big feelings and where they might be coming from, how to clear them really quickly, what a session like this might be like. But I wanted to give you that warning ahead of time that you'll hear me talk about some stuff that happened in my childhood. I moved through it very quickly. There's very little mention of it, but there's a tremendous amount of emotion at the end that's connected to release and healing. And um, what I'm hoping is that it inspires you to know that healing doesn't have to feel like suffering in the process and that this was such a really, really beautiful, fast process for me to clear something that had been unconsciously informing my life since I was about 12 years old. So you guys are going to get to see rapid resolution therapy in action with Dr. Connolly. This is a totally private session. We had no intention of posting this beforehand. Um, But I asked if I could have the recording and share this so that you guys could really, truly see what um, healing without suffering can look like. You do not have to feel it in order to heal it. You don't have to suffer in order to get there to the end. And it can be so, so fast and really a very beautiful experience. So without further ado, 
Here is a live therapy session with myself and Dr. John Connolly. Hey. Hey. Happy Sunday. Yes, to you as well, dear. Um, so here we are. Andrea, tell me what is going on. I am having a fascinating response to um, to moving into a new place. It's like just mine, my name on the lease, my responsibility. And I'm like in the middle of the lease process before they've like accepted it. And it's so fascinating how it feels like purgatory and like almost death. (laughs) So um, would you um, on purpose, please cause the feeling that you described, but okay. And then think with me that all feelings are coming, are, are caused by our mind outside of conscious awareness. Emotions are designed to cause an action, and the way that it's wired up um, is often, often flawed um, because of because of all kinds of things. Um, But at this moment, recognizing that the feeling comes from where mind is processing information outside of awareness, create a visual that will represent not the feeling, but the cause of the feeling, which is unconscious. Like a collection of of obtuse triangles. And so as I hear some turmoil um, and perhaps even a bit of confusion, I begin to see what then is intended for you, which um, where I see you as... um, clear and where solutions show up and um, therefore um, what there is to do at any given moment is to respond to what's showing up as there and what's showing up as possibilities. Um, And it might be that if someone does something based on what's showing up and what's possible from a place of clear, that um, five minutes later, he may uh, um, um, realize that doing something different would have been much better. That's still clear. It doesn't mean that each um, move will be the one that later makes sense. It only means 
that each move makes some sense as it's taking place, because we have to move based on that information from a place of clear. That's what I'm supposed to do, is move forward from what I'm taking in now. So I'm seeing you there where the process that used to be um, causing some turmoil has become um, uh, more like something you would describe as an adventure or fun. Does that sound okay? Absolutely. <laughs> then together we have that intention, purpose, and vision. Um, so two hands like this with elbows maybe rested on you somehow, like I have them there, and then I take my left hand, move it toward the right hand until I start to feel it on the palm of my right hand right there. And so you do that, move it till you feel it on the palm of the right hand, and then just feel the energy as it is, and either the energy moves your left hand out, or you just ever so slowly move it out. You want to move it out till you no longer feel that energy. And, and the way it's moving it might not even be clear whether that's the energy or you consciously moving it in response to the feeling of that energy. But it's moving until the energy isn't felt in the same way. And then begin to move the left hand really slowly in toward the energy until you feel it. That's it. And then move it another little bit in until it has immersed your left hand. And then be aware of left hand. Of course, you can't see it, but you know exactly where it is because you can sense it, you can sense it, because you can feel it, you can feel it because of sensation. Sensation is a manifestation of energy. There is a vibration going on through your hand. It's unusual for people to recognize it. I can recognize the vibration that's happening now, since indeed the energy has intensified it to where it has become much more visible. In addition to that vibration, you may very well notice something else like a twitch, a jump, a jerk. And I know you understand that that's different because a single occurrence is different from anything that's happening constantly, just like anything that's occasional, random, sporadic or intermittent is different from something that's going on all the time. And of course, you know those things are different, and yet your inner mind, with its wisdom, knows even more than you, and knows that even though, of course, what's different is different, that sometimes what is different is not different. Those movements, as they're taking place, they're primarily through the left hand, but occasionally through the right hand, 
are letting us know your inner mind, your unconscious mind, is indeed responding, and it's responding to what together we're intending. And what we're intending is that your mind is clearing so that you are clear. Yes, clear. Each of those movements, that's right, like that, is an indication that your inner mind is responsive to what it is that we're doing and responsive to what it is that I'm saying. Yes, thank you. And when you notice that little jump, like, that just happened and realize it's the response from unconscious to us because we're responding to your unconscious mind, hence it's responding to us. So there's even more of a response. And as you notice the response, which may just show up as a twitch, you just think the word yes in an yes in a excited, welcoming whisper. Yes, you're welcoming your own mind's response. Yes, you're welcoming your own mind's response. Yes. And so conceive of deeper. Deeper simply means even still more responsive and responsive on further and deeper levels. Just conceive of what deeper would be like. And with deeper, you experience what I'm describing as I'm describing it deeply. And your mind responds to it even much more. So that everything that works in your best interest happens just exactly as I tell you. Knowing that next time will be significantly even deeper. Imagining that, planning on it. You take your own time finding your way back Till again, eyes can open. Yeah, good job. Tell me a bit about what you're sensing, noticing. Um, the pressure started to like release like a balloon. Um, can you sense that pressure now? There, it's probably at a two, whereas before it was like wildly higher than that. Yes. Um, so, um, I'll, it's valuable to have your unconscious mind pinpoint what we might look at together and therefore clear. Um, and that can be a, um, uh, that can be a data blip around info that came in. 
um, some people find that what shows up they believe um, might have even happened at a um, during a prior lifetime. Some people think things are uh, accumulated even in spaces between lifetimes, and generally we find things that are happening within this lifetime. But the process seems to work um, um, just as well in either case. So um, I'll ask your mind to be scanning and select whatever we might together look at an event, a memory, a belief that's inhabited you and filtered the information. There's a time that's coming up where my mom was talking on the phone, I think, with her bank, and she had, somebody had got a hold of her banking information and I think drained it. And so she was dealing with the panic and the stress of her money being stolen. So as you look back at the younger Andrea, mm. about how old is she? I want to say that she's eight, but that doesn't seem right based off of the picture. So um, let's say eight or some age or other, but eight's fine for us to think of. It's not significant. Um, I understand what young girl is hearing, but I'd like to know what she's feeling, thinking. Um, she feels like fear in her chest. Like, yeah, what is she afraid of? At this time, my mom was um, in a really awful, abusive relationship, and there was just it's like everything was crumbling at the same time, like money stolen. He was beating yes. her and he was doing drugs. So are the mind's primary concern, your mind's primary concern has always been your survival. And as children, um, our survival seems to be, connected to our parents and their um, willingness and ability and effectiveness in providing what would cause that. Of course, even at that young age, one might be looking for more than one's own personal survival, but the survival perhaps of a parent, not only because it's a provider, but because of that connection. Um, mm -hmm. um, so you were the the child is 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 looking for survival. The feeling in the chest comes with sympathetic nervous system activity that's triggered when mind perceives threat. It's triggered to increase strength and motivation to run a short distance very quickly. Um, it's for humans just about never useful, but mm -hmm. um, absolutely normal. That's what is going on for that younger girl. 
So she wouldn't perhaps have described it this way, but all fear that's felt physically is, is around survival and it's around avoiding, um, you know, being killed, um, torn apart. So think of something you did recently where you felt a real sweet sense of accomplishment and pleasure. Okay. Good. Um, close your eyes, look back at that eight-year-old or whatever age she is, and also recall that recent time. As they both recall together, it happens that that eight-year-old then is assured that there absolutely is a future and that the future will involve things that are better than she could imagine. So that's definite. That's not hopeful. That's absolutely definite. As you recall that and that at the same time, that eight-year-old girl might not get or even comprehend the details of the experience of satisfaction. However, she fully gets it that there will be and has to be a future. So survival is no longer in question. And when that takes place, she's no longer trapped. And when you're no longer trapped, you're no longer stuck. And when you're no longer stuck, you're free. And whatever emotion shows up with any of that can just, it can be okay for it to flow freely. That's it. And then you take your time to open your eyes, reconnect with me. Good job. And what are the things that you're noticing? I feel like I am today years old when I realized that my mom didn't die. Uh-huh. Could you do what you can do to not block any kind of feeling that comes with our conversation. It's just a feeling. It just pours and flows best unlocked. So what's, what's the feeling that comes with those thoughts, that realization? It's relief. Yes. Good job. Let's... Let's think about death for a few moments. What, you know, there's a, a, a lot of differing opinions on 
what that might involve. What What is your thought about what um, one might experience, if anything, afterwards? Um, like, if I were to die or if anybody else dies, like, what's on the other side of that? Yes, dear. It feels like a transference of energy. Like, I definitely have a belief in an afterlife that I don't feel particularly... I don't feel like a deep need to understand it, but it doesn't feel like an ending. It just feels like a change. So then, is it okay to die? Yeah. Okay. Um, and is it okay then for others to die? Yes. <laughs> feel like it's okay for them to die it's like that i think there's still some like incongruency on what it's like to like be still here to be what if to be here to be the one who didn't die and to like yes. that perception of separation of they're, they're really different yes yeah um however with being the one who didn't die and experiencing clarity Mm -hmm. Mind is continuing to entertain only what will have value, meaning what to do or what's nurturing. Right. So with your mind that way, then it's okay for you to die. Yeah. Um, whatever that means, you know, but I think as you describe it, it sounds like transform. Um, kind of like what might happen to water that's boiling mm -hmm. when it's boiled so that you don't see any more water in the pot. Um, but clearly, it's just as much there. So it's okay for you. And it's okay for others. Because you are going to do what you do based on possibilities. Mm -hmm. And so, while others are... Um, you know, are around within their bodies like you and I are now, then they have certain possibilities. Perhaps something comes to your mind to do with that person. Mm -hmm. And if they're no longer under a different energy, then mind says, well, what can I do with that? Mm -hmm. Or not. But it's always looking at what's possible or nurturing. Um, so we go all the way to that because that younger gal was not so much thinking about all of that, but she was concerned about survival. And so there was a, this fear of, um, and, and we're walking right into it. So it isn't, uh, needing to be frightening any longer. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, I check again for the um, feeling around the things that are lying ahead for you. For instance, the lease. It feels exciting again. <laughs> Good. And the lease would happen as you rent a place to live, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, good. And you know a bunch of stuff about how to do that, and yet it could happen that a month after you've done it, you get other information that uh, shows you that you would be in a far better position had you not done it. Does that mean you shouldn't have done it? No, of course not. Well, would you rather not know? No, of course you'd rather know, because it's just info that provides um, light on what there is to do. And, and, the, and the, the goal is not to do what you'll be glad you did. The goal is to be doing what seems like you'll be glad you did. Got it. Uh, so if it seems like you'll be glad you did it, then that's a good idea to do, even if that night you think, gosh, that was awful. Um, mm -hmm. the, we, we don't get all of the info about um, what's going to happen after we do things. It's not, you know, when you play pool, it, if you hit that thing in that way, it'll go to that spot, you know, given there's not like an earthquake. <sighs> Could, could influence where the ball goes. But there's no, you know, even there we don't know. And it doesn't mean he, he, he didn't hit the ball correctly if there was an earthquake. It doesn't mean he should have waited till when it was done. <laughs> so it's not... It's not the mission to do what you'll be glad you did. It's the mission to do what seems like will be good to have done. That's all. Got it. Um, the person who is looking for certainty that what she does will be something she's glad she did, will, um, will, will freeze. Because mm -hmm. with that requirement, no action makes sense. Right. Um, and so then... Do you need to be confident 
Well, I'm not even sure what that means. However, I'm looking for you to be aware that this is showing up as what from here makes sense and might not make sense later. Mm -hmm. But it's not ever your job to do what will later make sense. So you just do what makes sense. And if you do a really good job with it, you'll end up dead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and if you mess it up, you'll end up dead. Um, so it's kind of like we're going to Niagara Falls. And you say, well, I like your plan, John, but um, what if there's a tornado? Well, we're going to Niagara Falls. <laughs> well, what if there's a fire? <laughs> yeah, well, then we'll be at Niagara Falls. There's no, there's no other alternative here. So the good news is that if you really fuck it up, you'll end up dead. <laughs> and if not, you'll end up dead. Um, and, and so will everybody else. Um, and um, there's certainly nothing to be afraid of there. Because fear only has the advantage of allowing us to run really fast sprint. Mm -hmm. But certainly would cause you to lose any marathon. Um, mm -hmm. and, 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 and being able to sprint with a burst of energy isn't even useful around this issue of how you're going to be dead. So it doesn't make a bit of sense to be afraid of it. Fear is an emotion that's um, a leftover from a different situation that your ancestors were in. So much is like that because things are changing. When you think, I was thinking about how Evolution changes things, but men, would that ever take a long time? I mean, mm -hmm. you got to have this animal all of a sudden, um, I don't know all of a sudden, but as a result of mating, there's a mutation. Mm -hmm. And that mutation is advantageous. And then another life form Another animal like that also has uh, uh, gives birth to that mut another mutation, and then you know what are the chances that they happen to be in the same town? Um, well, let's say they are, and they meet, and then they like hang out and have sex and everything, and then. They have a lot of offsprings with the same mutation. 
which is advantageous. And in many, many years, um, those are surviving, and the other ones prior to the mutation aren't. But that ain't going to happen um, anywhere on your monthly or yearly or lifetime calendar. So we're, we're, um, we're stuck between that evolution and the changes that are going on within um, the environment, which um, are um, significantly technologically driven. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, I w- would have said they're driven by technology, they're driven by climate, um, you know, those kinds of environmental things as well. But now even climate is driven by technology, and technology mm-hmm. is, is, is going, advancing at, 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 at such super speed um, that there's no way evolution can keep up with it. And hence, mm-hmm. you and I are not evolved to where our minds and bodies are best adapted for this stuff. Right. So it's useful to um, understand that and recognize that although it's not already set up, it's not out of the box something that works ideally, that we have um, learned enough about the technology to cause things to shift within one's mind that we can adjust to make it work better and better and better. And hence, it's um, ideally what happens is you say, whoa, this feels kind of foggy. That doesn't feel ideal. I will do something to adjust it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know how to adjust it. And will it come up perfect? Probably not. Will it be significantly better? Yes, so much better that the lack of perfection won't even show. So even if to your um, Mercedes is not just washed but detailed, and 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 shines. Um, there's still some piece of gunk on that thing. They didn't get it all, but when you look at it and it's radiant, and you're not seeing it, you don't need to. So the improvement will be like wow, mm-hmm. even though it's not perfection. Um, and 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 doesn't in any way need to be. That's why when you meet people who tell you, well, I'm a perfectionist, you know, you, you kind of want to wonder, 
um, you know, how's, how's that? So there's no need for perfect, nor any possibility, but we can continue to get the card detailed so much that all you're noticing is the glow. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah, and how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. So, my wonderful friend, that was what there was to get done around that. Oof. And it's always a good idea to just um, do that when that shows up. Why not, right? Thank you. Thank my you. Pleasure. Hi, this is Lorelai, COO of The Unruly Entrepreneur. The episode you just listened to was one of Andrea's personal therapy sessions with Dr. John Connolly, founder of Rapid Resolution Therapy. If you or someone you know is in need of the life-changing effects of RRT, head to the show notes to learn where to get connected to a therapist. We'll share a few ways you can work with either Dr. Connolly or Andrea and begin this work for yourself. You'll also find an invite to our favorite event of the week, the Monday Night Solutions Call, where Dr. John Connolly volunteers his time to provide healing perspectives and free micro-transformations. And if you'd like to learn how to utilize the RRT tools for yourself, your loved ones, and even your business, we'll also share how to get certified. And if you'd like to use Andrea's body of work to begin, we recommend you start with her top-selling program, Regulate. Pop Regulate in your ear anytime you want to help with things like immunizing the I'm not good enough plague, stopping intrusive thoughts in their tracks, feeling the stress of worrying about other people's perception of you just melt away and more. Melt those pressures away so you can stay on the edge of growth. Because women who feel good, do good.